So, this is the self-development with tactics. Book. So, and welcome back to the next episode of the Self-Development with Tactics fucking podcast. Oh, wrong one. Should be the intro. Uh, this one is about Ray Dalio's fucking principles. Yeah. Fucking amazing. <laughs> I fucked it up. But yeah, uh, hello and welcome back to the next episode of the Self-Development with Tactics podcast. And I'm really happy to be here again, really happy to record something new. And I've seen the audio quality is a little bit better if I'm having my microphone like this. Basically, the funny thing about this is that this microphone should actually be the exact same quality and expect sa exact same thing as the microphone of my phone. You know, it should basically be the same. The funny thing about this is that I, first of all, have never ever tried it in this way. And I should have. I totally should have because... This somehow would have been a solution for all my problems. Like, I could have been using this microphone, like, because it's just the same and it just, you know, depends on how I'm using it. You know, I'm just using it like my old microphone now with the stand and something like this, so that I'm not having to hold it and so that it's not in my ears and that everything is quite just in front of it. And I think it works quite great. You know, I've just made a few, a few tests, a few pretty quick tests but I think when I'm moving just something it's gonna be horribly loud I'm just trying it right now no it even is not somehow um, but yeah so I do hope that the audio quality is somehow good somehow sufficient somehow just not terrible but we're still going through the um, Ray Dalio's principle summary again I do think we're gonna just finish the summary the total summary this week, I guess, I hope, I assume. But yeah, um, I think we're just gonna start. Yeah, thank you for not having a window. <laughs> uh, that's not good. That's me. Hello. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, but yeah, I really hope that the audio... That the audio is not bad. I really hope. I really hope. I don't really know. Yeah, never mind. And by the way, I actually just came home just uh, before I started to record. You know, it was actually the first thing that I was doing besides washing my hands that I was doing when I just came home. You know, because I just I'm willing to just do everything quite quickly uh, so that I can just yeah be quicker or something. But I just. I guess this is a little bit, yeah, it totally is a little bit better. Um, but yeah, let's move on with the summary with design improvements to your machine. Uh, machine, if you're new to this kind of summary, if you're new to the channel, if you're new to the book, um, he calls the machine the company and or the body and or yourself. So basically it's just a metaphor for the company and all yourself, you know, in this part of this whole book, it is about the company and it is about uh, organizations, but in the previous parts and or in the previous part, because it is somehow just uh, chattered into or somehow separated into two sections. The first one is about you and your personal life. And the second one is about organizations and the company and 
whatsoever. Um, um, but yeah, uh, there was something really fucking loud there. I don't know why, actually. But I hope it's not gonna be the thing again. Do I? So everything should be closed, so there should be nothing that's somehow disturbing the whole fucking thing. Uh, but yeah. So take the time to come up with good with a good game plan. The team will spend much more time doing. Makes sense. Makes sense. Even though I really hate planning, I, I'm really not a person who is actually planning somehow. Mm-hmm. You know. Sorry, I had just to, I know, uh, throw away my gum, my my chewing gum. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm not a person who is planning. I'm really not. And I sometimes think like, okay, you know, I'm just not a person that is somehow planning everything, somehow planning anything. And so therefore I'm not just doing it. Like, because it's not natural to me. It's not something that I just do. The problem there is, should I be doing it? And sometimes I do think that I should definitely be doing it because sometimes it just makes sense. You know, it just really makes sense. Um, the problem there is, it is not me, you know, I'm not a good planner and I'm just not doing it, so, so I don't know, like, I really don't, you know, I really don't know if I should somehow do it, somehow not do it, and I just see that when I'm silent, everything is silent, which is great, which is totally great, I guess. By the way, um... Let me review ambient noise reduction, input volume. Input volume is quite high. Yeah, never mind. Um, visualize the plan. Picture like a movie script who will do what, when and the result. Put yourself in a workflow to understand what you're dealing with. Visualize alternative machines and outcomes. If something is hard or frustrating, triangulate with others. Don't settle on the first obvious solution. Consider second and third order consequences. Consider that the problem might be happening at other departments and make changes to the organization, organization structure, structure if needed. Actually, everything that he was saying makes sense, you know. I especially think that visualizing the whole plan and what you're going to do and also just really underlining and emphasizing it with pictures and in terms of movie script just makes sense to me. Like, uh, the thing there is, you know, first of all, we all are just very visual. Like, the human being is just a very visual being, you know. And, and I do think people can really internalize and people can uh, actually also understand at least what you're talking about, what the whole thing should be like, uh, if there are some, some pictures or if there are some, some things they can somehow kind of relate to or they somehow can visualize everything a little bit more easy or a little bit easier because, because I don't know, like, as I've said just so fucking often, communication is something that's incredibly, incredibly, incredibly difficult, you know, at least at my point of view, it really is. And, and I really think that it makes sense that you're just really over-communicating everything. And I do think by just pointing out everything with pictures and by just showing it to your employees and also maybe to yourself in pictures and movies and just visual things, 
everything, I guess, should be working a little bit better and everybody for sure then knows what to do and what to not do. And I think this is just a really important um, a really important factor of a plan being successful or not. You know, everybody should understand the plan. You know, really, everybody should understand the plan. This was actually, I guess, a part of um, Extreme Ownership, uh, which is a book by Choco Willink. And the problem there is Choco is one of the only ones that is ever that is really ever named by, by actually pointing out the book Extreme Ownership, even though he was just a co-author, or he was the main author, but he still had a co-author uh, whose name that I actually can't remember at the moment, you know? And this is the problem, because everybody is only speaking about Choco, you know, but he wasn't the only person who was actually writing the whole book. So I think it's somehow unfair to some degree that, you know, everybody is just pointing out Choco even though it it wasn't only Joko. Um, but yeah, um, actually, no. Uh, I think I'm extremely loud, by the way. I really think I am. And I guess I should make myself a little bit, just a little bit, I hope this is now a little bit better, I guess. Uh, I really think so. Um, yeah, I hope. Um... Yeah, let's move on. Let's move on with the fucking great summary. Uh, by the way, I'm thinking about actually just somehow, if I can find something, playing a game on the next episode that I'm going to upload today and or that I'm going to go through today um, in terms of actually being something just intellectual. Like, I'm not going to play Fortnite or something. And I'm not, by the way, saying that playing Fortnite is not intellectual. But it's not what I'm doing here. <laughs> and it's not what I'm willing to do here. So maybe I'm just finding something like an entrepreneurial game, somehow a knowledge game or something. Something that might be interesting to people and or might be uh, also somewhat challenging and or valuable to other people than me. But yeah, um, do the tasks required to completion. Most of success comes from doing the mundane stuff. Whatever mundane or mundane Menden, Menden, uh, humdrum, dull, boring, tedious, monotonous, tiresome, worrisome, uh, prosaic, unexciting, uninteresting, and so on and so on and so on. Um, visualize the success and crave the feeling. This is, by the way, I think actually true. You know, most often success really comes from things that are not easy. And I guess this is just one of the reasons why these make you successful, because it's not easy and it's not going to be done by everything, by every fucking one. Like, you know, um, something that Gary Vee as well, and yeah, I'm quoting him again. <laughs> it's just amazing, I guess. I, I just really am quoting him so fucking often. But um, he just, you know, he recently uh, was saying, or he just says quite often, that most often those things that are pretty hard actually have those outcomes that are somehow desired by everyone and or that are really desirable, desirable, you know what I mean. And I think it's somehow true, like it is often the case that those really hard things just have great outcomes, like waking out, you know, you're just looking great, you're being healthy, you're gonna live longer, but it's hard, like it is really fucking hard. It is, and, and, you know, it doesn't matter how much you like it. Like, 
I really love moving myself. I really love doing sports. It's always, it has always been a part of my life and it's all, it has always been a part of me. And sometimes I'm really getting fucking pissed when I'm just not able to move. Like it's just really such a great part of me or of mine that I'm sometimes really, and especially when I'm just being ill and I'm really thankful for not being ill, um, that when I can't move, when I'm ill, that I'm just really getting pissed because I want to do things. I do not want to not do my workouts. I really do want to do them. Like it is very important for me. But I'm still just seeing that sometimes the audio moves up just so fucking intensely. But I do not know why. Maybe just because I'm moving the whole table. Maybe I should just go a little bit uh, further away. But yeah, you know, it's just really been one of the things that has always been a part of my life, I guess. Um, visualize the success and crave the feeling of achievement to push through the failure. Actually, pretty great advice. And, and I really think that this can, can motivate you that you always have in mind where your end goal is. And for sure, there's going to be such, just some times that are not easy. You know, it has always also been the, the thing with what I'm doing right now. Like, it has never, ever been easy all the fucking time. Like, for sure, there were some days where the upload failed, where I wasn't able to kind of uh, record an episode as I wanted it to. But... Through these failures, you really have to push if, and this is now very important for me, if you really know that the outcome is going to be an outcome that you really like and that you're going to appreciate and that you're going to just really want to have. If this outcome is not an outcome that you're going uh, to gonna willing to have or that you are at the moment willing to have, then you should totally just change up the whole thing. Like you should never ever try pursue something or try to and pursue something um, with an outcome that you're not gonna like or not gonna want because it just doesn't make any sense you know why would you push through so hard times to to get to a point where you do not want to be like it really doesn't make much sense at my point of view and this was actually the part and all kind of the uh, the point of Seth Godin's that dip I've been going, th going through it as a summary as, a, as well, so on the podcast and or as a video version as well. And it has really been one of the greatest books, I guess, that I've ever read. And one of the, uh, and I think even one of the most important ones. Like, even though I haven't been going through the whole thing, and I maybe will because it actually was a great book, um, the main point was that you should not push through hard times if you do know that the outcome and or the result of the whole fucking process is not something that you're going to like because you would just work just on something that is really fucking tough and he's pointing out so fucking often that you know at least as i'm uh, remembering it that it's gonna be just not easy it really is not gonna be easy and that you should just really be be cautious and it's just that you just should know um that it's not gonna be easy and therefore, the outcome should totally be something that you're liking or that you like, you know, because why would you then push through something to get something you don't want to have? Like, like, yeah, <laughs> but I do just have to turn on the lights because it's pretty dark. It really is. And I do just really hope that the audio is actually pretty good. 
And if it is good, then I'm really fucking happy. And I guess it is. I've just tried it pretty quickly before uh, to see if it is somehow good. And I guess it was somehow good. Like, I guess it really comes up to where everything is. And, hmm, it's really kind of dark in here, I guess. I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. Um, expect things to take one, 1. 1.5 times as long and cost 1.5 times as much. Actually, a pretty great one, a pretty great rule because it is actually the case. You know, you should totally be, pre be prepared for it taking a lot of, a lot of, a lot of fucking time and also cost a lot. You know, whether it is about actual money or if it is about sacrificing time, you know, I guess... Uh, and all resources in general, like it doesn't always have to be be money directly. Use checklists, also makes sense to not forget anything. Develop good habits through tools and protocols. Experiential learning is more powerful. Automate decision making if possible. Celebrate reaching goals and solving problems. Dalio doesn't give much strategic advice on how to improve a problem, partly because it's too case-specific, Possibly partly because visualizing solutions is his strong point and he doesn't struggle with it. Visualizing solutions. Um, is, is it actually the end of the... No, I think there's gonna be... No, I guess we're gonna just actually go through the whole thing today. Misc points about work. Don't let yourself get squeezed. Ignore threats about quitting, bringing a lawsuit, embracing in press. Once you give in, it changes the rules of the game and opens you up to more of the same. Great leadership is seeking the best answers, being challenged often and appealing to a reason, or to reason. Manipulating emotions can cause people to refuse after reflecting, reflecting clearly. Don't worry about whether your, pro whether your people like you. It's not... Uh, illogical to believe you know better than the average person as long as you stay open-minded. If you don't have better insights, you shouldn't be a leader. Well, um, these are pretty hard words, but I guess these just have to be kind of hard words. Like, not everyone is a leader, you know, somehow, you know, by talent or by just being born as a leader. I don't know if I'm a leader, you know, but still, you know, it really reminds me on uh, Tom Billio. Tom Bilio, one of the co-founders of Quest, the um, nutrition company that are producing. It is really, really fucking dark in here. It is really dark. Even though I'm having this little light here, you know, that should actually make a big difference. But it's somehow not. You know, maybe it's just because it's in a fucking plastic glove. No, it's actually fine. Um, he was one of the founders of Quest, you know, the nutrition company that are making bars and, you know, I think protein shakes and, and whatsoever. And he said that he has never been an, an entrepreneurial kid. You know, he has never been working like just efficiently as uh, his story goes on. He, he did just, you know, kind of, he was a, how do you even call it? Like he was, um, you know, you get letters and some packages and you do just have to deliver them. I don't know what this job is actually called like <laughs> or actually called, um, but he actually was having such a job. I'm just getting called. 
and I'm really sorry because and I'm also very sorry for the person because I'm not gonna pick up the phone right now unfortunately and the thing is I'm do just having a new phone at the moment just a phone that's that's from my uncle actually and I'm very fucking uh, grateful that he actually gave me this phone but um, I do not have any fucking number and so therefore I just yeah I do not even know who's actually calling me but I guess it's it's actually my grandma but yeah um, yeah uh, so he has never been an entrepreneurial kid uh, he has always been uh, struggling with the whole thing but yeah once he wanted to do it and once he just wanted to be such a person he was able to kind of change and he was somehow able to just yeah create this company or found this company and make a lot of fucking money i know just uh, his his fucking net worth is about 400 million or something so it's totally something it totally is a lot and he's also happy which is uh, more important than the money actually um which is also one of the things it's you know all the rich people are actually talking about you know a lot of people think that money is one of the only things that's that's gonna make you happy the thing about it is it's not that just yeah it's not that of an outlandish kind of kind of thinking like for sure to some degree it will make you happy you know as Casey Neistat, for example, made a video on it and, and he was pointing out that for, for a lot of poor people, money is one of the solutions and one of the problem-solving just factors, but I don't have it. And, and I really think it is just the case that, that money is one of the just problem-solving things for some people. For for some people, on the other hand, it totally is not. Like, for those people that have quite everything, it is definitely not, you know, because it's not making you happy. But if you do not have anything, then for sure it's going to make a difference. It for sure is. Um, for, for critical tasks, use double do rather than double check. Have two people do the same tasks to get two independent answers. Remember, a double check can only be done by someone who can do the work herself or himself. Um, somehow makes sense. Yeah, somehow makes sense that you should actually be able to, to do that. Um, Bridgewater's tools. Principles, recording all meetings. So this is actually somehow a summary and uh, the main points of the whole thing. So principles, recalling all meetings, coach, library of common situations, for example, disagreed with assessments, linked to relevant principles, dot collector, baseball cards, issue log, record mistakes with severity of issue and who, and who was responsible for that, good for patterns of problems, the pain button, Prompts recording what the pain was like, then later guided reflection. Dispute resolver provides paths for resolving disagreements in idea mediocracy or mediocratic way. A daily update tool. Each report takes 10 to 15 minutes for email of what they did that day, issues and reflections. Contract tool. Monitor commitments to each other such as deliverables and deadlines. Process flow diagram, visualize the organization as a machine. So these basically actually were just the really main takeaways of the whole book. Unfortunately, there is not a fucking explanation for that. And I think I'm not actually 
gonna even though it would be just great like okay uh, a few of them uh, visualizing the organization as a machine is also good in terms of your you yourself because um, yeah it is the case that what you put into yourself is gonna affect the outcomes which just and it's just now fucking raining like just I, I five minutes ago I just you know have a look or had a look out of the window and it was not raining and now it is really fucking having uh, heavily raining like just amazing pretty interesting but um, what you put into you is gonna just also um, yeah change the outcome which means that uh, the the food that you're gonna take in is also really kind of changing how the machine so you is working uh, the same exact thing with just the organization if you put shitty people in it or if the machine itself is designed badly the outcomes are gonna be bad um Baseball cards is actually kind of um, being like, okay, everybody has certain attributes or everybody has certain skills. And um, some people, you can somehow generalize it, even though I'm not a really fan of that. But to some degree, you can, you know, you can definitely be like, okay, the engineers are actually just, um, yeah, pretty willing to work with the, the kind of thinkers because the thinkers can give the engineers something to work on and the thinkers just want to have something or someone to let uh, all their ideas be executed because it just makes sense then the whole recording thing he does just really uh, want to have the transparency and the honesty and the truthfulness and by recording everything you can be sure who did what and who did nothing and uh, what went wrong and what so ever um yeah this was actually it pain button daily updates yeah yeah i think this just yeah uh, miscellaneous points we will end the summary of principles work and life by collecting miscellaneous points that are useful but don't fit clearly into the concepts above it's important to not get knocked out of the game so don't fail to big and minimize your losses so don't fail too big. Delio has seen a few people bet so big they ruined themselves. Bunker Hunt who tried to corner the world's silver market. Alan Bond who bet that the US dollar wouldn't rise against Australian dollars and didn't. Diversify by compiling uncorrelated bets. Having a few good uncorrelated uh, return streams is better than just having one. Uh, this is just about income streams and it totally makes sense that you're also diversifying your income streams. Even though some people do not have multiple in income streams, but as a business and if you're just thinking about it logically and with common sense, it makes sense that you are having a few streams of income or a few sources of income that you're not gonna just yeah be threatened by one not being there any longer, uh, which is just the case for a lot of people. Like A lot of people do just have one job. If this one shop is just somehow going away because of certain reasons, then everything is somehow fucked. It really is. Um, having uncorrelated bets increases return to risk, to risk ratio and protects you from unacceptable downside. Traders and entrepreneurs need to cor correctly bet against the consensus. This also means being wrong more often than usual. Uh, virtuous cycle, make audacious goals, Fail, learn, make audacious goals, then fail, and then learn principles. Improve chances of success, meet goals, make audacious goals. Pretty much makes sense. P 
People expect the future to be a slightly modified version of the present, but it is usually very different. Most people are more emotional than logical, thus overreacting to short-term results based on how they feel, like selling low and buying high. Um, herd behavior. When everyone thinks the same thing and that something is a sure bet, it's already reflected on the price and betting on it is probably going to be a mistake. When people are very pessimistic, they sell out and prices get very cheap. Uh, meditation creates an uh, equanimity that allows clear, clearer and more creative thinking. I do meditate uh, 10 minutes a day and I think it's it, it really helped me uh, also improve myself just yeah on a personal level like and also my productivity and I guess if I the funny thing is I can actually tell if it is actually uh, working if it is actually kind of useful for something I would just have to actually not meditate for a month or something and then see if everything is or something is different maybe it's not maybe it is I actually can't say but scientists are saying it totally makes a difference when what you expect isn't matching up with what's happening, it's unclear if you have a great opp opportunity or a huge mistake. It actually is. Um, misc uh, anecdotes. Delio started Delio observations to communicate advice scalably to clients so others could understand his logic and improve it, to force himself to research and reflect daily. Actually a great way. Uh, reject good alternatives to pursue even better ones. In the 90s, Bridgewater sent up a China investment branch, but was stretched thin. Was stretched thin, so after a year they closed shop. Delio didn't build investment products just because they would sell well if they weren't interesting to him or didn't align with his values. Actually, pretty great. You know, it's really about short term and long term. Long term actually being like truthful to yourself and also being, yeah, just. Um, just maybe like, yeah, I think truthful to yourself is, is really what's, yeah, hitting the point somehow. Um, he had both McDonald's and Lane processing poultry as clients. McDonald's worried that chicken prices might squeeze the margins on the McNugget. Chicken producers didn't want to quote a fixed price because they were worried about being squeezed themselves by rising costs. Delio showed Lane how to use corn and soybean futures to lock in costs so they could quote a fixed price. Feeling safer, McDonald's released the McNugget. Yeah, uh, just makes sense. Delio combined family and work when he could, like taking kids on business trips and having the Bridgewater office on the same property his family lived. Delio considered how to invest uh, Dalio considers how to invest his wealth into a trust for the long term, considering that there were only two big forces to worry about, growth and inflation. He created an all-weather portfolio that would do well in all four quadrants, uh, rising growth and rising inflation. This is now called risk parity investment. Actually, something that Tony Robbins is often talking about, that uh, he was having a talk with Dalio, and he's quite an interesting person, I guess. You know, and I do think that this book is really valuable. Like, really valuable. So, risk parity investing. Delio wants his uh, descendants to struggle well and become strong, so he is not leaving all his money to them.
what our descendants, uh, successors, offspring, progeny, family, actually makes sense. And I do really like this about him. Because it makes sense. Like, why would you actually want your family to have all your money if they are not capable of somehow sustaining it and having a life that is, yeah, not wasting all your fucking money? I do really feel with that. Warning signs to watch for. People who issue law of confidence statements and insist they are implicit questions but are actually passive-aggressive closed-mindedness. I could be wrong, but here's my opinion. I feel like X is true or I think that's a sign that a person may not be thinking in terms of facts. When someone points out exceptions and edge cases, rather than weighing all the pros and cons and focusing on, on by law, focusing on by and large weather, uh, something is something true. The signals people who can't weigh expected values and probabilities, they may be poor decision makers. Ask how is goal X going and if they, uh, if they reply by listing tasks instead of offering a synthesis, then they tend to confuse goals and tasks and can't be trusted with responsibilities. Um, Use sympathetic responses, tightening of chest, higher blood pressure, heart rate as a trigger to understand your emotional you uh, is taking over. Uh, assertive fast talk uh, talkers, they assertively say things faster than they can be com comprehended to push back. Objections, especially effective against people worried about looking dumb. Slow them down, apologizing for being slow if you have to. Actually, a pretty good point, uh, which is also just very effective to somehow, yeah, uh, also understand what bullshit they are talking about. Someone who says, we to depersonalize a mistake, yeah, totally a warrant sign, and we should do X, this is a fussy solution to a problem that won't get done unless specific people or headlines are assigned. And this, uh, some of these things that he was pointing out in the very last part of this one, for example, I feel like X is true and whatsoever, uh, so the whole I think thing, I don't know if this is actually somehow uh, just a sign for one being bad. Um, yeah, but you know, I, yeah, yeah, I don't know. And this was actually the end of this episode and or of this summary. Like, amazing. Really amazing. I've totally enjoyed it. And I think I've totally also learned a lot of these things and, and or just a lot through this one. And I totally enjoy it. I really do. But yeah, uh, I still hope that you've had also a nice time. And I wish you the best health, wealth, happiness and success. I hope that you're also going to remind yourself on how you... Uh, gonna be remembered so basically your legacy and yeah um, I see you the next time and thank you very much for listening and your legacy is totally in your hands and in nobody else's sorry and with that being said I see you the next time